0: Amen? Amen. Psalms chapter 24. Psalms chapter 24, verse 1. Just one simple verse from the great poet David. This is what he says. He says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains. Catch this, the last part of that. He says, the world and those who dwell in it. He says, the earth is the Lord's and all that it contains. And then if if that, if that didn't make enough sense to you, he says, the world... And all that dwells in it. For a moment today, as I lift up a subject, as we go deeper into this series that we've entitled Game Changer, I want to give you the, the topic today, Understanding Stewardship Structure. Understanding Stewardship Structure. You may be seated on today. Amen? Yeah. Understanding Stewardship Structure. Don't be alarmed if the TVs go off. I left the battery charger at home so the computer, it might happen. Don't worry about it. Don't ooh, don't ah. We're going to move on. We're just going to share the word of God today. Amen. So we're going to talk about for the next three weeks, stewardship. And I know some people have instantly grabbed their purses and their wallets because most of the time when you hear stewardship, if I allowed you to share your answer today, what you would say is, oh, pastor just trying to get money for the building fund. Pastor trying to get us to give more often because that's what most of us think as it relates to stewardship. But I want to give you a quick definition of stewardship and you can take your time. You can write this down if you don't mind. And stewardship is simply uh, understanding that the way you handle what has been entrusted unto you. Stewardship. I'm not going to hold you long. We're going to bless you. We're going to help you today. Stewardship is defined as the way you handle what you have been entrusted with, how you're going to deal with what has been given to you. Cam, I know you're sick today, but I don't want to bother you. I want to play with you. Come on up here, Cam. Hang out, Preach with me. Preach this text with me, Cam. Preach this text with me, Cam. Amen. Praise Cam. Cam, Cam's coming to preach this text with me. I got a $20 bill. $20 bill, Cam. Oh, you want this, don't you? Yeah. This is my $20 bill. Cam ain't worked for this $20 bill, but uh, I'm going to place this $20 bill in the hands of Cam. Now, the intent that I have placed this $20 bill in the hands of Cam is for Cam to be a good steward over what I have given her. I've placed Cam in a position with $20, to be a good steward with what I have given her. Now, Deacon Dan, come forward. Come forward. I'm not by myself today. We are going to preach this text. We are going to get involved in this message today. And so here I have Deacon Dan. Deacon Dan has fell on hard times. I feel like getting old Baptist on you today, Dan. He's found himself in a situation where he needs more than uh, he has to offer at this time. And and he's been faithful to the church. He, he, hey, come on, baby. Bring me on through. He's done everything that he could possibly do, but he's crying and he's calling out to God, God, I need you to provide for me. I need you to provide for me. Children, children, give me the three children. Three children, come forward. Come forward. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Quickly. Real quickly. Quickly. Come on. Come on. Real quickly. Now these children represent financial deficit. They represent bills. They represent car notes. They represent somebody needing food. They all need... And even though we know Cam doesn't have children... We're gonna act like all three of these children belong to Cam. Man. And so Cam has, <laughs> God bless you, Cam. And so Cam has been blessed with $20. She's worked, for, she's went to work, she's got a job, it's payday. This money has been placed in her hand. Now, I've given her originally the $20, but you know what happens with stewardship most of the time? Most of us have the mindset because I worked, I went to job, I got my paycheck. This is what? My money. Say it like you proud, Cam. It's my money. Now, God has entrusted Cam with a responsibility to be a good steward over what he's given her. I'm not God, but I'll play his part today. I originally gave that. In essence, I may not. God does not put money in our hands, per se, but he gives us jobs. He gives us the ability to work. He gives us the opportunity to make a dollar. He gives us the hustle mentality. And so he has that. But oftentimes what happens is that we get so bothered by what we see in front of us. See, Cam can't see Dan. See, Dan is this individual that if Cam was faithful to the kingdom business, that her gift to the church uh, her gift to God through the church would impact the life of Dan. Uh, Dan is this in, individual that, that Cam might have just passed on the side of the street, because, but because she counting her bills, she counting her dollars, and she knows that my money just ain't making sense right now, that I, I don't want to fool with Dan. I don't have any help with Dan. So while God is sitting here trying to say, Cam, I want to use you, to help Dan, I want to use you to help Dan. Now you know you ain't finna just give God that money like that. <laughs> when God is sitting here saying, "Give it to me," so that I can give it to Dan. Matter of fact, this is essence what God is doing. God is trying to pull Cam over to connect her with Dan. But you know what happens? Cam instead of grabbing this. But hold on, God. But I can't go. Uh uh-uh, uh. You grab. You grab Matty. Matty, you grab him. Grab them, grab them at it. And so what happens when God is trying to pull cam, cam has added all this dead weight on her. And so this is her reason not to be a good steward. Give me my $20 back. You can go. This is her reason not to allow what God has placed in her hands to transition to the next hand. So when we ask ourselves, why don't we give to the church? It's because we're bad stewards. Why don't we have money saved in the bank account? Because we're bad stewards. Uh, it's bigger than just the church. Why, don't we have, why are we taking out payday loans? Because we're bad stewards. We are not properly managing, which is next week we're going to be talking about managing stewardship. But today I want to deal with the understanding of what stewardship is. The first thing that I want you to understand is the definition simply. Stewardship is you taking what someone has given you and you making sure that you do what you're supposed to do with it. You do what you're supposed to do with it. And what often happens is we become bad stewards because when God entrusts us with something, instead of saying that it's His, we say it's mine. You can have that $20 since I put you on the spot. Let's go, let's go. Let's get into this word. Let's get into this word. This is what we come to find out. This is what we come to find out. Stewardship is the way you handle what has been entrusted to you. There's two things that I need you to understand about stewardship. David says it right here in the text. He says it, he makes it clear. He says, the earth is the Lord's and all it contains, the world and those who dwell in it. The first thing that if you want to know what stewardship is, stewardship is realizing that there is some form of ownership related to it. Stewardship requires there to be some form of ownership. And and what David teaches us in the text is God has all ownership. There is no me and mine and it relates to stewardship. It all belongs to God. There are three things. I'm going to write them down while I tell you to write them down. There are three things that David shows us belong to God. The first thing is the place. The second thing that belongs to David, that God shows us, David, that that David shows us belong to God is the property. Not only does he show us the place and the property, but he shows us a third principle that the people, the place, the property and the people all belong to God. I want to talk about these three things for a little bit, because here David says the earth is the Lord's and all that contains the world and all those who dwell in it. The first thing he shows us is the earth. Is the Lord's the earth is representation of the place. Why do we need to understand that the place belongs to the Lord? Because the place is what produces opportunity. Why should we take care of the earth? Why should we not litter? Why should we uh, recycle? Why should we not be facing global warning? Because the earth is the place that produces opportunity. Pastor, what do you mean the earth is the place that produces opportunity? Uh, Help me understand, what does this have to do with my spirituality? I want to make sure that you understand. In Genesis chapter 1, God saw the earth and it was what? Void. It was lifeless. There was nothing on it. It made no sense. And God says, you know what? I want to create something there because I'm going to do something majestic there. I'm going to make some amazing things happen there on earth. Without the earth, there would be no opportunity. The earth produces opportunity. The Rob Pastor, why is it so important for you to understand stewardship? Because I want you to understand that our responsibility for God, to God begins before money even came into an existence. Because when God had done everything with the earth, what did he do with Adam and Eve? He says, listen, this is yours. Do what you want, but just be fruitful and Multiply. Be fruitful and multiply. God didn't say be fruitful and divide. He didn't say tear it up. He says, I'm going to give you something, and what I give you, I want you to add value to it. I want you to make better. So it leads me to ask myself, if God has entrusted me to be a good steward over the place, the places in my life, my home, my job, my church, my family, the places, the places, the places. Uh, Just the places. If God has entrusted me to be a good steward over the places, the question is, number one, as a steward, have you added value to the places that God has placed you? Ooh, that's good right there. I'm just trying to help somebody today. As a steward, have you added value? Do you go to work and make work better or do you make it worse? When you come to church, do you make church a better place or do you make it worse? The question is am I adding value to the place the places where God has put in me is your home heaven on earth or is it a representation of hell as a steward are you doing your responsibility to take care of the place. I just heard myself in this message. Y'all know I talk about myself all the time. My wife is the clean person. I'm the little junkie when I throw stuff to the side. And it, it makes me ask myself if this, if this home is my place that God has given me. Am I being a good steward over this? I'm telling you stewardship is about more than money. Stewardship is about managing the things that God has given you. And the first thing that you have to understand is nothing is yours. That's why it's a struggle to give. Because you think it's yours. We just had something amazing happen. Didn't even have nothing to do with the message, but I'm just going to drop it into the message today. Me and Dan were talking about the value of a lady. Go on and pat yourself on the back, ladies. Y'all are worth something. We were talking about the value of a lady, and we were talking about how valuable my wife is. When, when there was a time in my life I was at my low, I didn't have anything. I was broke. She gave me a car. I didn't have clothes on my back. She gave me a roof over my head. There was a time in my life where I didn't have anything, and she sold into me. She sold it to me. She says, listen, I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you an opportunity. I see potential. I want to work with you. And she says, listen, I want to open up my doors to you. I know this is supposed to be my house, but God has blessed me. And obviously, it's a time where you need it. I want to open up my doors to you. And, and I was talking to Dan about it, and it just made me realize that if she hadn't invested in me, then I wouldn't be who I am now. And so you know what happened? Uh, I had $100 in my wallet. And uh, so Cam, just don't, so you don't feel like I did something by giving you 20. I gave my baby 100 today. And so I want to make sure that you understand something. So what ends up happening, my wife comes in and instantly I said, listen, I want to give you $100. And she was like, what is this for? Why? I was like, because it's just because you are you. Right. See, I could be selfish and say this is my money. But the truth of the matter is I never would have had that $100 that I just surrendered unto her if, in fact, she had never given me the opportunity over 12 years ago to be who she had thought I could be. She gave me an opportunity. She opened the door. I didn't have to be in this position. Can I help you understand that God sows seeds into your life? God blesses you because he knows what you can become. But the problem is that many of us are so busy holding on to what we got that we can never get to where God is calling us to be. We can never get to where God is calling us to be. And so we have to understand something. God is in control. It's not choice. If I can just be honest, I worked for that money. But the truth of the matter is the only reason I got the job that I got is because she kept motivating me to get the job that I didn't want in the first place. So technically, all the money should belong to her. Why? Because if it wasn't for her, I never would have filled out the application. So who am I to get the big head now because I get to cash the big checks? And be like, uh, this is my money. This ain't your money. Because essentially that's what we do to God. We take the credit away from God. And we say, God, the reason why I'm blessed is because of what I've done. The reason why I have what I have is because what I've sacrificed. It don't have nothing to do with you. And this is why we put a limit on what we will and will not give to God. The truth of the matter, if we understood that everything belonged to him, we wouldn't be tripping. People don't want to hold Bible studies in their place, in their house. Why? Because this is my house. I don't want people all in my house. This is God's house. Did you not understand that houses were flooded this week, but yours was protected? Did you not understand that tornadoes came and took something, but yours is still standing? Why can't you give it to God? People are saying, I don't want to drive. I can't pick nobody up for church. This is my new car. Mm-hmm. What, you, what? Did you forget that you prayed that your credit score would be enough for you to get the car? Mm-hmm. How is this your car? This is God's car. And so David teaches us every place belongs to God. And understanding that every place belongs to God. When God places you in a place, you are required to be a good steward over that place. I will never complain about my church again. I will never complain about we don't have enough people. I will never complain about things are broken. I will never complain about where we are. Why? Because God has given me this place. And if I can't manage the place that God given me, then I am a bad steward. I don't deserve to open my my mouth and ask him for anything. I'm a bad steward. If this is what God has given me, my responsibility is to utilize it to the best of my ability. To be thankful, to be happy with what God has given me. Not to complain about my place. This is God's place. So God teaches us, first thing, that stewardship is appreciating the places that I've given you. And the thing is, if he gives you a place, then you have a responsibility as being in that place to what? Be fruitful and multiply. Take the place that God has given you and add value. Don't devalue. Add value. Don't devalue. This is not a tiding message, but I want to drop a nugget. The church was existing before many of us walked in this building. Some people come to church just to take from it, when the truth of the matter is, we should come to church to give to it. If the church is in the same situation that it was in before you walked through the doors, then you ain't done your job. Because the minute you walk in, you should add value. This place should become better because of me. But the problem is many times it does not become better because of the simple fact that we don't understand that this is the house of God that God has given us to be a part of. We shouldn't have to do gimmicks and, and all these tricky things to, for the church to exist. God has blessed his people. And so his people are required to be a blessing. And so I have the responsibility To be fruitful where God has placed me. Do you not remember the fig tree that God encountered on the road? And when Christ encountered the fig tree on the road, it did not have any figs on it. And I ain't never seen Jesus get hot one other time except in the temple when he flipped some things over. But when he ran across this fig tree and this fig tree was not being fruitful and multiplying, it was in a place where it was supposed to be, but it was not producing what it was supposed to produce. Because we know that the place produces opportunity. When this tree was not producing, what did Jesus do? He said, curse you. Curse you from this day. You'll never bear fruit again. What if you are that tree? Ooh. What if you are placed in a place where you're supposed to produce opportunity? And when Christ looks at you, he looks at you and says, you know what? You're not a good steward. You're not bearing fruit like you're supposed to. And as a result of it, curse. You'll never get another raise. Matter of fact, the job you got, you're about to lose. You want to complain about your marriage? You're going to get a divorce and you'll never be married again. Why? Because you are not producing where He's placed you. Stewardship is not just about the money, stewardship is a behavior. How are you behaving in your current location? What are you doing? What are you doing? David teaches us a second principle, not stewardship only about the place, but he goes on and he helps us understand that stewardship is about the property because what did he say? He says the earth is the Lord and he says it's all that it contains. He tells us all that he contains because he wants to make sure that we understand the place produces opportunity, but the property produces profitability. It's because of what is there that it becomes profitable. He says the earth is the Lord. It produces opportunity. But the property, the trees, the water, the lakes, the, the lights, the cameras, the action, that's what produces profitability. That's what gives you the opportunity to multiply. You can't build a house without a tree. That's shelter. You can't build a car without certain minerals that come from the earth. And so David reassures us that if you want to understand stewardship, you have to understand, number one, that God owns everything, and you are only managing what God has given you. So when you're in the place that you're supposed to be in, you need to add value. But then he says that your property should lead to profitability. Pastor, what do you mean? How am I supposed to profit off of my, my property? I want to make sure you understand that stewardship not only begins with the behavior, but it also has a mentality, a mindset. Some of us have things that God has given us. All that belongs, all he says the earth is the Lord and all that is within it. Some of us are possessing property that we don't see the profitability. I want, I want to make sure you understand. God has entrusted us with something. That when we look at it, we don't look at it as profitable. We look at it as a failure. See, some people can walk into church and see 20, 25 people, 50 people, and they're like, oh, that church is a dead church. It ain't growing. But the truth of the matter is every person that God has blessed to be in a seat in this building is profitable. See, the problem with most pastors, I can say this even as my pastors, oftentimes we look at people and we look at them, and we look at them when we see what they not. Oh, they're not a good singer. Oh, they're not a musician. Oh, they're not a good leader. They're not this. they not this. Can I tell you something? When God picked the disciples, they wasn't a lot or not of nothing. But the truth of what he's looked at them and he's seen them, he says there's value in the person. The person fits the kingdom vision. And that's where we messed up because most of us can't move forward with what God has asked us to do because we're not kingdom minded. We look, overlook people. We don't understand their value. And so what God places in our grasp, what he places in our hand, we look at it and we're like, oh, this ain't enough. I can't do nothing with this. This is why when we get that paycheck, it's hard to tie. This ain't enough. And the true reason that you, it ain't enough is because what's enough is your faith in God. But you can't never test your faith because you're so busy looking at what you got and saying it ain't enough. If God was to give you enough, you wouldn't need God. And so the reason he doesn't give you enough, because he wants you to remember that your relationship with him is really all that you need. When you take what you have and you put it in his hand, something that was nothing becomes everything that you could possibly ever ask for. Many of us miss that, though. Why? Because we don't appreciate the places that God has put us, but we don't even value the property, the substance, the things that God has placed in our hands. We look at it as this nothing. David convicts my heart. And I don't know about y'all. When he tells me, listen, the earth is the Lord and all that is within it, I have no reason to complain about anything that I encounter Because it all belongs to God. Everything belongs to God. When I look at a building, I look at it, it can be empty, it can be raggedy, but you know what? Man, this is God's building. If I just put God in the midst of it, he can turn anything that's dark and give it light. Man, Genesis just blessed my soul because he turns something that was nothing into something. And so we ask ourselves over and over, why are we struggling in life? Why are we struggling with stewardship, with the understanding that I'm simply managing what has been entrusted to me? In other words, I have a supervisor. I have somebody I have to report to about my behavior. Nothing that seems to be mine is mine. This is the biggest trick of the devil. Pastor, what do you mean? When, when, when Jesus went into the garden after he was baptized and God says, this is my son who I'm well pleased. He let the world know. Listen, follow him. After all this took place, Jesus went into the garden for 40 days and 40 nights. When he came out, Satan did what? Tempted him. And this is what Satan tried to do. Satan tried to offer him the mountain. He tried to offer him to jump off. He offered him all of these things. He offered all of these things, but the thing is, Jesus hit him with the scripture over and over. Why could Satan not offer man, offer Jesus as man all these things? Because it wasn't Satan's to offer in the first place. Jesus understood that all things belong to God. Why would I settle for a little bit from you when I can have a lot from God? Stewardship understands that there's an ownership involved and God is the owner. That we love the Cowboys. We love them. We die hard fans. And we would have all the suggestions as fans who we think should be coaching, who should not be coaching, who should be playing, and who should not be playing. But there's this individual named Jerry Jones who has what? All ownership. And his thing is you're going to manage and run my team the way I tell you to. Ownership gives him the role to dictate what does and what doesn't happen. If God has ownership over your life, are you allowing him to dictate what does and does not happen in your life? Because if you're not, you're not being a good steward. People wonder how Jason Garrett has kept his job for so long because he do what Jerry Jones tell him to do. The minute he chooses not to do what Jerry Jones tells him not to do, guess what? He won't have a job anymore. But as long as he keeps saying yes to Jerry, he He still has a job. Stewardship submits to ownership. So God is ownership. He has ownership over the places in our life, and our places produce opportunity. He has ownership to the property in our lives and our property produces profitability but this is the last point i want to give you today before we move on to the management aspect the property produces profitability but third principle here it is god has ownership over the people in our lives and the pro- people produces productivity the place produces opportunity the property produces profitability but the people produces productivity in other words, without people, it's impossible to be productive. Okay. People are what God has given us. Family, friends, fellowship, koinonia. People is what God has given us to allow us to become productive productive in life. Listen what happens in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 is is plain and simple. He creates all of these things on earth. But what does he say? He also creates man. And he says, man, be fruitful and multiply. The man and the woman that he has created is what he's created to be what? Productive. And then after they are productive... We see it happen over and over and over in life through fellowship, through family. Productivity is led through people. Jesus, when he, when he comes to change the world, he doesn't try to do it by himself, Dan. What does he do? He grabs a couple of 12 men to come with him. Because people lead to productivity. He says, I can do more with others than just with me by myself. And so he begins to reach out to 12 disciples, and, the, and they end up leading. And now we know the gospel is spread throughout the whole world. Why? Because 12 men were productive. You can have the right place. You can have the right property. But if you don't invest in the right people, you're going to get nowhere. And this is the thing that I have to help you understand. The right people aren't perfect people. The right people that every Christian should be looking for are broken, hurt people. Why? Because broken and hurt people are the ones who need help the most. Jesus has come to recover sight to the blind. He's he's given us power to heal the sick, to preach the gospel. He's given us all of that. But people who got it all together don't need it. It's people who need to know and learn the love of God. As a pastor, as a plant pastor, with us being in this location, I, I find myself complaining about the place. I find myself uh, complaining about the property. We don't, we don't have enough. We don't have the best. We don't have this. But the truth of the matter is we have a great place. Great place. The air works. The light works. The seats are comfortable. Roof over our head. Ain't no rain leaking on us. We have a great place. Right off the freeway, perfect parking. <laughs> great And the truth of the matter is we have great property. We got TVs, monitors, microphones. We got stuff we don't even need. We have great property. And the truth of the matter is we have great people if I can stop being so judgmental of the people that God has given me. Why? Because my responsibility as a pastor is to build the people up, to encourage people to believe, to encourage people to believe that you are good enough. That God loves you. Yes, you can make a difference. You can make the impact. Why would somebody, no matter how much God has called them to be in a place to deal with what property that they have, why would somebody want to bring more people to a place that is full of pain? A place that is not offering the praise that God deserves on a day in and day out basis because it's so worried about what the world wants. And then I love what David shows. David says, listen, for y'all lame folks that don't understand, the world and those who dwell in it Is also the Lord's. We don't have any right to talk about the broken. We don't have any right to talk about the lost. If we want to be good stewardship, we have if we want to be submitted to good, if we want to be recognized as good stewards, we have to recognize that our stewardship is predicated at acknowledging God's ownership. Over three areas of our lives, the places where we are, the things that we have, the property that we have, and the people that we interact with. The reason why this is so important for me to start off a good stewardship series on is because most of us have only been taught that stewardship is about the money. And stewardship is not about the money. Stewardship is about understanding that you are a manager that has an owner that gives you an assignment to do to carry out. And all God has asked you to do is take what I've given you and be fruitful with it and multiply it. So the place that I've given you, be fruitful with it and multiply it make it bigger. Make it bigger. The property that I've given you, be fruitful with it and multiply it. Make it greater. And and, and the people that I've given you, be fruitful with them and multiply it and make them bigger. We can't sit around and sit on our hands and complain that, God, you're not building the church. You're not building the kingdom. You're not building my family. You're not building my marriage. You're not building my children. God, when God is looking at you and saying, I've given you everything you needed to do, you have to build it. You have to understand what I've called you to be. And so if we ever want our life to move forward and be greater, if we want to experience a true game changer, the best way in our lives is to become better stewards. Manage what God has given us with a better sense of, of observant of his ownership of who we are and where we are. The earth is the Lord's and all that is within it, the world and all who dwell in it. We belong to God. Understanding that we belong to God. You should go home and rededicate everything that belongs to you back to God. It's not yours. It's not yours. The song that says, my life is not my own. To him I belong. I give myself I give myself away. Everything that we have belongs to God. If you can fix that mentality, that mindset, you don't have an issue tithing. Matter of fact, you're going to be one of them people that give above and beyond your tithes because it's just a tide ain't enough. If you can fix your mindset and understanding that what you have is not your own, that everything that you have belongs to God, you won't have an issue with sharing your car with people who need you to share it with who God has led you to share it with. You won't have an issue picking up somebody to come to church because you know that I'm going to bring somebody to God's place in God's car and I'm on God's time. Stewardship is about understanding that God is in ownership and we're just serving We're just managing. And I wanted to share that with you before we go any deeper as it relates to stewardship. Because what happens is people oftentimes close their ears. When you start talking about stewardship, you start talking about money. And you start talking about giving more time, being a volunteer. People just close their ears. Because they don't want to hear it because of the simple fact that they believe that all the church wants us to take from them. But the truth of the matter is I want to make you better stewards because the Bible says that when we make people better stewards, the Bible shows us that when people are built up, great things happen. You look at Abraham, when he became a great steward, he did what he was supposed to do. He ends up being what? The father of many nations. Noah, when he was a great steward and built the ark, he preserved his family. He went on to do great things. Moses, all these people, they did great things when they were good stewards. It didn't look like the best place. It didn't look like they had everything that they needed. It didn't look like the people that were surrounded them were the right people, but they had everything that they needed. Sarah even said herself, I'm old, I can't have no kids. But God said, listen, it ain't about y'all. It's about you just doing what I asked you to do with what you have and watch what I do it. Jesus feeding the 5,000, we don't have enough, we just got a little fish and a little bread. Okay, fine, bring it here. And when they brought it, He blessed it, broke it, they gave him 12 baskets, went and fed, and catch this, when it was over, they went and picked up 12 more baskets full of food. They didn't start with enough, but somehow with God, when they put God in the midst of it, they finished with, ooh, more than enough. They finished with, they didn't start with enough. Apply just that principle to your stewardship. I don't have enough, God, but I got you. And if I don't have enough and I got you and I give you what I do have, then guess what happens? You make it more. Yeah. I'm going to have enough after I finish fooling with you, God. You should, go, you should go to God in a gangster mentality. God, I know I ain't got enough, but if I'm going to rock with you, I'm going to have enough after I finish fooling with you, God. We going to do this together. We going to make this thing happen. My marriage is going to be better with you. It ain't enough without you because I want to cut them. I want to quit them. But God with you. It's going to get better. We all have to put ourselves in a position where we submit to God's authority so that we can become the best steward that God has called us to be. Amen? Simple word from God for the people.